It's not crap, but I mean, that's just between you and me. Unnecessary. <laughs> it's not relevant it's, to the. No. Our little sidebars are not always appropriate. What? How's it going, eh? It's going pretty good. Excellent. And by good, I mean really well. Yeah. So you have uh, reached stage one. Stage one of COVID vaccination. Yeah. I, uh, I have a, I got a surprise jab appointment. Good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't surprise me with the jab, but they surprised <laughs> me with good. the appointment. Yes. Right. One, two, five. Please, up. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've done that. No, we've not done that. I don't know, actually. Mm. Well, we'll see. The, uh, that, but that does remind me, since I have uh, a little girl in the Peppa Pig, they've done this little marble run that they have that she builds at least two times, two different episodes. Mm-hmm. She builds a little a marble run and shows her friends, and then the other time, Daddy Pig wants to do it, mm. and she <laughs> and Peppa always wants to count. I'll count one, two, three go right she wants to say but each time it's like one two go <laughs> somebody drops the marble in uh, before she reaches three even daddy pig does it early i see they're too excited to start the marble down the marble run i understand anywho uh, good job on the vaccine number one how did it feel uh fine it's i'm a little sore it was this morning right it was the uh, seven i imagine seven 40-ish, 7.45. Uh, uh-huh, I'll take that as a yes. I didn't get in until 7.30. My appointment was 7.15, mm-hmm. and I made it in on relatively... T- uh, I was a l- about five minutes late, Yeah. Uh, just because of... Uh, 7.15 to 7.30 is not five minutes. No, no, but I, I was... 7.15 was my appointment. I arrived at yep. about 7.20-ish. Ah. Then, I think that was by Lyft. Uh, no, it wasn't, because I took one home. <laughs> I, uh, no, I didn't. What did I do? What the hell did I do? <laughs> you took the, the transit. Oh, I'm thinking of when I went to the Apple store. Okay. <laughs> I took transit there and back, but, uh, I didn't, and I didn't take a lift because it was $24 yeah. uh, for that. Just, it's a very short hop across the river to the Oregon convention center from, from downtown where I mm-hmm. live. I just could not possibly justify it to save five minutes. Oregon Convention Center, that's the one with the two spires, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. Two glass grid is. spires. Yeah, yeah. It has been outfitted and organized as a mass vaccination center. And boy, are they running like clockwork up there. Organized? Mm. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's great. They're, um, if, they, if they got you in and out, not in and out, but in mm-hmm. within 10 minutes. Yeah. And you had to sign a couple of things. and They... they Check your appointment info, your, your appointment verification at the door, and then mm-hmm. they say, okay, through this line, please, and you go through a queue and then are filtered out into other stations. So the mm-hmm. first time, first person checks your appointment, I guess they, I, I think they asked me my name, I, I'm, I'm not sure, I think they check my ID yeah. and uh, my health insurance card, and then they give me mm-hmm. paperwork to take to the right. next station, and then the next station checks me for verification and sends me to the third station, which is uh, 
Third station is the the, the vaccination itself. And then the uh, make you wait the 15 minutes? Make is a tricky word. Technically, you could walk out. Uh, theoretically, you could just walk out <laughs> if you want. Certainly. There are a lot they of... They request that you wait there yes. for there 15 are, minutes while they... Uh, you're su- supposedly, it's a requirement. Yeah. But uh, it would be hard to catch every person who might just <laughs> randomly walk straight through, I guess. Hmm. You can just say, no, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I waited. But but <laughs> it's... Uh, most of us... I, I, I didn't see anybody doing that. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. most people wanted to literally see, make sure... They didn't have any adverse reaction before they yeah. before they left, and I didn't. Yeah. I was expecting to feel something weird, possibly, mm-hmm. but I didn't that I noticed. And then it was only a couple hours ago that I noticed my shoulder is a bit sore when I lift it to do things. Yeah, that was the same for Megan and I. Mm-hmm. The, the first one, the only thing, the only reaction we got was the sore arm, right? Uh, especially when lifting it above the shoulder, mm-hmm. above the shoulder, and. Above the, that lasted. Yeah, above the, you were you were lifting your arm above your shoulder, right? Not the shoulder <laughs> above itself. No, and then <laughs> that lasted about a day, about twenty four hour period, and then the the what was I going to say? Uh, which is what I got almost the same mm-hmm. with the regular flu shot was about was about the same, hmm. the sore arm, not quite as sore with the regular one, right. but anyway. Then the second one is the one that wiped me out yeah. for a day. I wouldn't say for a whole day, but I got really tired mm-hmm. because your body has been uh, exposed with the first shot uh-huh. and the second shot, it goes into high gear to fight what it uh, sees now as a threat. Right. Now that it recognizes the, the virus from the first shot. So that second one is why most people get um, a heavier uh, reaction in the sense that it tires you out because you're, yeah, your body's going into full, full on fighting that virus mode that's weird yeah but uh fascinating and that lasted for for about a day and then all good cool well mm-hmm. i am hopeful that uh, will be the most i experience yeah well now and then uh we have a friend who let's see that was the moderna one that megan and i got mm-hmm. do you know which one you got i got the pfizer moderna or pfizer yeah. you got pfizer yes. yeah uh he got the pfizer and he didn't even have a sore arm mm-hmm yeah. So we're waiting to see what will happen with the uh, with the second. I guess one. so. I think uh, I I I'm sure it's just individual. Yeah, I'm no doubt more than anything. Well, here's to full vaccination. Yeah, here's to feeling good all the time. Any word about the kids? Uh, no, not yet. It's still still too soon, but they're certainly on track to. Mm-hmm. What did he just Biden just doubled his uh, prediction? It was going to be a hundred million shots in a hundred mm-hmm. days, and now they're going to. They're bumping it up to 200 million in 100 days because right. they've already done 100 million. Yeah, bumping it so. to 100 million fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So that is, I guess it would be more Slash than Slash 200 million. Well, because yeah. the Johnson & Johnson shot is single dose. Right. So you would have a, some in there that did not need to. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, they, everybody's got got to quit the ramp up. Mm-hmm. In, uh, I think that was an caves. appropriate goal at first just to get people thinking about the momentum. That we were mm-hmm. that we were serious about getting it done, and that and that there would be resources applied in appropriate measure to get it done, and mm-hmm. they were they were on track at the beginning of the year to to get to that point by a hundred days. However, 
they were, if not running low, approaching running low. Yeah. They were not, they, the, the vaccine manufacturers were not fully stocked to mm-hmm. get to this fully vaccinated point in 100 days. And, or, or I would say even 100 million shots necessarily without ramping up some production. So it was a reassurance to me, for sure, that if necessary, there would be federal resources applied to to try to ramp up the production to get as much produced as possible in the shortest amount of time, which mm-hmm. is the best plan to me. I sure. didn't hear any argument against that. And it was the no, similar... And, and it was good to guess conservatively. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, yes, yes. So, no, no. Or plan start out that way. That was good. It, even if it was mm-hmm. potentially possible to do 100 million vaccinations, I, I think that was a good first step. And then just do what health professionals or emergency uh, teams do and work like hell behind the scenes to get things in place so you can be, beat expectations. Yeah. Guess, guess low. Keep expectations low. Always. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, never a bad mm-hmm. thing, I, I think. Rarely, if ever. Speaking of low expect- expectations, <laughs> you're listening to It's Just Called Two Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Uh, I wasn't going to say that, but then as I said. <laughs> you might as well. As I said, Why speaking not? of. I was going to talk about something else, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it was easy to come up with this. Uh, as one of the brothers, I am Marcus. <laughs> I'm James. Hmm. Yep. So I just watched the map of Tiny Perfect Things, mm-hmm. an Amazon original film. I think it came out about a month ago. I did not even see what it was. So I just found it like two days ago. I don't recall seeing it, but I haven't been watching things on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. much lately, so I didn't um, didn't notice. I tried watching The Goldfinch, and that's very disjointed. I don't but know that. I did enjoy the Finn Wolfhard scenes. Don't know that. It's, a, it's an Amazon original based on a novel that was popular oh i don't know 2015 i think gotta get some kind of prize and it's called finn wolf hard no no no. that's the actor <laughs> oh the 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 novel is called the goldfinch and the amazon movie is of the same title i see and finn wolf is an actor from stranger things oh finn okay yeah yeah yeah. now i know i didn't recognize the name he has a, a minor part mm-hmm. that's in the middle of the film hmm Young boys. Very well. Mm -hmm. So this one, the map of tiny perfect things is, it's a groundhog day genre Mm -hmm. (laughs) film. A uh, teenager, I think he's supposed to be just starting college, I believe, um, played by Kyle Allen as Mark, the character going through a time loop, replaying the same day over and over. And we start after he's been replaying the day many, many, many times. Insert that. Insert uh, the orbital tune. Time becomes. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> you don't know that one, do you? No. All right. Maybe it's by, a, but not by name. I don't know. It's just a. It's like a minute long or fifty-five seconds long or something like that, and uh, it's just a a clip of Worf saying from a, from Star Trek: The Next Generation. There is the theory of the Mobius. There is the theory of the Mobius. A twist in the fabric of space where time becomes a loop. 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 
for time times loose loop 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 for time becomes 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 for time loop for time times loose 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 loop for time times 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 loop yeah and then Catherine Newton plays Margaret who after a while we find out she is another person who is also experiencing the time loop, the same time loop. And he thought he was the only one. Mark thought he was the only one. And, uh, he meets Margaret. She interacts with, uh, some of the things that he had, you know, how in, uh, you know, the movie groundhog day. Do I know well enough? Jesus Christ. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> would I <laughs> around the middle of the film, it goes, it cuts to where Bill Murray has accepted that he's looping and then he starts to uh mm-hmm. to know all the things yeah. of the community right and so he's he's you know basically using his you know seemingly psychic powers to take care of all these situations right mm-hmm. interact with things right. and that's what that's where we start with mark doing that you know he's been through quite enough times where he can stop the guy from getting hit by the bird poop stop the the coffee cup from falling on the ground and breaking and doing all these things. So then after he meets Margaret, they decide to try and find all these tiny perfect moments. Oh. You know, when the eagle comes down and grabs the fish. I see. They happen to spot that or they spot um when the the van pulls up in exactly the right position to show the guy sitting at the bus stop with the wings on the van look like angel wings on the guy, you know, it perfectly lines up. And so then they uh, they make this map. Well, Mark makes this map. And every single day, he wakes up and quick has to make this map, you know, because everything is reset. Okay. And so forth. So it's just about huh. them going through that and trying to decide why they're in this loop. Right. And if they should try and get out of it. And one of them wants to get out and one of them doesn't. Hmm. Then there's a, a reason. <laughs> one finds out, finally, the reason why the other one doesn't want to get out. Hmm. And uh, a very poignant moment for for you and I especially in hmm. particular you and me in particular for you and me <clears throat> in there nice yeah uh, oh and, and so then the closing credits has the song 1992 uh, by bruises and another uh, man and woman combo ah to bring it back from last show right eyes uh, there yeah. I have a lot of those mm-hmm and her name is um I, I Ada, perhaps? Ada? A-D-A-H is her first name. 
and she's American-Austrian. And the song, You Can't Go Back to 1992, is the main lyric, fits perfectly with, you know, the sort of feeling in the, in the film of you can't go back, right, to the way it was. Right. And her motivation for writing the song and it, what it's about is her grandfather in 1992 founded the Green Party of Austria. And yet here we are in 2020, 21, uh, still not doing anything really about climate change and um, trying to make the world a a greener place. I certainly wouldn't say nothing, but I would Uh, definitely say not enough. Sorry, the higher ups (laughs) are still fighting that, you know, against that. True. The main parties. Long after it should have been well accepted by everyone. So that's, you can't go back to 1992 right? Uh, in that sense. I see. So, yeah. Interesting. I mean, and by interesting, I mean, I should check that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a good good thing. They released an EP with four, uh, theoretically four tunes, but uh, I'm not sure there are four separate tunes on it. Hmm. I if I got the right playlist. But yeah, they're, they're nice. I hate. I like this tune particularly. you see the Richard Linklater series uh, with Julie Delpy and I can't think of his name Ethan Hawke before sunrise before sunset before what's the third one I don't remember now before midnight not. before midnight that's I think that's the third one hmm. well they're just long examinations of a, a relationship through the conversation that the two characters have hmm. and it's just it's almost solely those two people for the whole film having a mm-hmm. conversation. That's and I just it's one of my it's one of my favorite films of all time. The first one. Mm. I highly recommend it. Cool. 
Let's do my music share and get out of here. Was that your music share? It was. Okay. Uh, I Yeah, let's do mine. Shall we? <laughs> well, since it's yours, you should uh, <laughs> go ahead and talk about it. I, I sent it to you, and I was just curious yeah. to hear your thoughts because we haven't talked about it yet. I got into some mood the other day, and I thought, I need to hear some R.E.M., and the, the album that I turn to most often is Document, which was where uh, the one I love, I think, came from. This one goes out to you, the one I love. Uh, mm-hmm. That is uh, not my least favorite on the album, but I don't care to hear it particularly. But I, for whatever reason, I didn't care that much about that song, as good as it is. And it wasn't that I've overheard it, but don't care about it. I still like uh, The End of the World as We Know It, which I think is on this album. Could be wrong. Ah, that's an R.E.M. song that I know. Yeah. Okay. And then I inevitably rediscover this song. It, it hits me that this is my favorite song on the album and one of my favorite mm-hmm. R.E.M. songs. And it's called Fireplace. Mm-hmm. And yeah. don't you tell me what you thought, uh, because you probably didn't know it very well. Is that true? I guarantee you, I didn't okay. know it at all. The end of the world as we know it is possibly the only REM song I know. I, um, doubt I certainly it, but wouldn't you, have known it was them. Right. But uh, there, I'm sure there are you know, others I, that you would you would say, "Oh yeah, I know that." But continue. Okay. Yeah, as a person who didn't listen to, I, I skipped a whole lot of pop music from the '90s. I mm-hmm. think, and so I didn't know anything about REM until I still don't. But I didn't know any. Wait, were they Australian? No. Okay. They're from, yeah, they're still from Georgia. They were a, a, you know, big, big band, and I knew virtually nothing about them or their hits um, until much, much later, years after they were hits. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I virtually, uh, I listened to virtually no pop music mm-hmm. through a good portion of the 90s, I they, would say. They were alternative, thank you. Yes, I, I realize. But they were one of those crossover artists that brought their sound that that college indie sound into mainstream so we can enough mm-hmm. that's what i say mm, okay so you know once they became like a jeopardy question mm-hmm. then i sort of started started to know about okay. them <laughs> you know yeah this, this is pretty good fireplace mm-hmm. i liked it it had a a certain quality that was familiar uh so as you say i probably have heard you know more of their songs without realizing it mm-hmm but it had a particular sound yeah. that was that is uh, evocative of that era, you know, pretty well. I don't want to say locked into that era, but yeah. it it sounds kind of both classic here in 2021 uh-huh. and innovative at the same time. I would say it's ahead of its time. Document came mm. out in 1987. At a, 87, you say? Yeah, at a time. Wow. Okay. W- then definitely. Yeah, at a time when. Pop was getting really shiny, and hair metal was a dominant, maybe, mm-hmm. in, in yeah. rock circles. Yep. And they got a little bit of sheen on the previous record, I think. They, they went from uh, uh, this raw indie band that <laughs> cranked out tunes, probably live in the studio one by one, early Beatles style, to... Uh, really crafting something heavily produced and then wanted to return to a more raw sound, a a less 
rehearsed maybe a, certainly a less produced sound and and not so mechanically assembled where everybody does their parts in, in separate rooms and then the producer hacks it all together of the best parts of the best and it's perfectly timed and played and, and sounding mm-hmm. to playing together and the the guitar sound on there i i would say predates grunge with with a similar sound yeah it gets into a raw guitar thing uh where they were a uh, jangle pop which is a little dismissive and then was at the time maybe but uh, they weren't known for this kind of sound and it stands out as a a, a different tune for them i would say now knowing that it was late 80s mm-hmm. middle almost 80s yeah. that is yeah way ahead right not a fast song but there's something about it being both a waltz in a sense it's a three four time mm-hmm. and it's swung so that's two and then the vocals on top just go on and on they they michael stipe just stretches every vowel like taffy yeah in, in his pronunciation crazy crazy world uh-huh. <laughs> it's, uh, it doesn't sound too unusual, I don't think, until you really start to sing along. <laughs> or if you said it out loud, that would be really bizarre if you talk that way. There's something about his languid vocals and then the churning time of the song, the churning groove that make it feel fast. It's, it's uh, again one of those songs that's like a train where it's unstoppable it, it feels like it has a forward momentum to me mm-hmm. and then on top of that you have steve berlin's amazing sax solos in there that was another thing that well that almost brings it backwards mm-hmm. you know yeah 
which I thought was very unusual as well. Right. So they're really straddling two or three <laughs> eras. I would say, because his yeah. his forte, I think, is and and was with Los Lobos, more akin to the '50s sax thing, that mm-hmm. sound and style. So mm-hmm. he brings that influence into this REM thing, and he's not a member of the band. He's just somebody that they knew from early days and, and they liked. Hmm. And, and I don't even know why they picked him to play on the song. They just thought it needed a saxophone. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's not just stuck on there. This is one of the best sax solos I've ever heard in a rock song. So, so perfect <laughs> for this thing. And it, and it, it goes from a simple accent to a bebop thing that he just rips on top of everything <laughs> and i wanted i wanted to re or not reiterate i wanted to highlight that one little section uh at the towards the end where the, where the song is ending and he just pops back in after a, a, a vocal line with throw the chairs into the fireplace This, this this perfect rat-a-tat of tonguing. I thought that was super <laughs> cool. That's my favorite thing in the whole, in the whole bit. Cool. Yeah, I love that song. It's it's great. I play it a couple times or three at least every time I get a hankering to, to replay it. Very cool. That's all I have. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Um, I got to go. I got to go prepare. Uh, I need to wash some bottles because mm. other little girl is... Apparently got hungry, oh. and she had the last one, so I need to wash some so that they are ready for the next time she awakes. Always gonna get the last word. <laughs> if you'd like to send us a saxophone, you can email a picture of it to bros at it's just called two brothers. I was going to ask how you would do that, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you would like to contribute to Marcus's saxophone restoration fund, I really kind of want one now again. Uh, Uh, Those those contributions will be gratefully accepted. But if you merely want to tweet about it, you can tweet at us at IJC2B. And And your newsletter has indeed restarted. Yeah, I did another one. Maybe maybe I'll actually do another this week. Oh, that uh, sound of the TVs (laughs) means it's getting louder in here. I need to go eat. Okay, I need to go uh, wash a bottle.